0: Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck, and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFFTHEBLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout.
1: Take your Away they
0: go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in a second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and
1: Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Four blowing him away now. Sports gone more than a metre unbanned an urgent hand. But the sinister of all eyes is the great man of butterfly, Susie O'Neill. O'Neill is coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the right hats, Felt in the black hats, And Felt well has I cannot believe he's made that. Got to put. Got the hole. What
0: Bob goes in? Joining me today on the show is a young superstar from Bond University who last year was named one of the world's fastest juniors to watch out for come Paris and beyond, alongside young guns like South African's Matthew Sates and Romanian's uh, David Popovici. And also in recent years, he's beaten junior Australian records held by Kyle Chalmers and Ian Thorpe. He is well and truly a name you'll be hearing from in many, many years to come. I'm pumped to have him on to kick off in 2022 here on Off The Blocks. It's a massive welcome to the podcast to Flynn Southam. Flynn, how are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Mate, I'm good. It's a Sunday, Arvo. It's been pretty chilled down here in Sydney. Not as chill for you, though. You've got a, a fair bit going on. How's your day been?
2: Uh, it's good. Um, first day out of the event camp, nice and relaxing. Just doing a couple of things here and there and trying to have a couple of days off before getting back into training and going full steam ahead to Nationals in May.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll get to that, uh, that May and the date change as well. But you mentioned there the event camp, mate. Uh, how was it? How was uh, that sort of experience for you?
2: Oh, it was awesome for me. You know, like I thrive off the competition and it was just such a good experience, you know, being a rookie. I've never been on a camp like that before for so long. And with such like elite athletes, it was awesome just to see how they go about their business, what they do before they get in the pool, what they do in the pool, how hard they work, their skills, turns, dives, all that sort of stuff. And then what they do, especially afterwards recovery wise, but whether they roll out, you know, do they do their stretching and all that or, you know, do they go to bed at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night, you know what I mean? And it was really awesome just to learn from, you know, the big hundred guys who were part of the relay success for the men's freestyle teams. Kyle Chalmers sadly wasn't there, but um, Zach and Alex Graham, they were there. It was great to learn off them and push them. And they pushed me a lot. And yeah, it was a huge experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Two great guys you mentioned there and characters as well. So no doubt you would have <laughs> had a
2: bit of fun with them. Coaching
0: wise, who was in your,
2: your uh, in your group? So we had um, head coach was Peter Bishop, he's Carl's um, coach. And then we had the assistant coaches, Dobbo, who's the coach down at Knox. Mm-hmm. And then we had my coach, Carl Samuelson at Bond.
0: Oh, very nice. Very nice. Sounds
2: like a good group. So,
0: I mean, don't give too much away, obviously, but a peek behind the curtains. What did you get up to training-wise?
2: Uh, well, it was pretty much a lot of skill work, a lot of focus on relays and, you know, just potential for paris paris is the end goal for everyone at the moment and we're taking baby steps brick by brick to get there each day you know really a lot of emphasis on skills a lot of filming a lot of timing you know five in ten out times literally you name it anything to the skills we were all over it and especially for me i'm not the most skilled swimmer yet but i'm getting there and i was just getting hammered all week it was good love the challenge And yeah, it was a lot of stuff. And then we had a lot of quality work, a lot of spricky stuff, pace work. We got in with the 200 boys. I think a couple of sessions and that was awesome to see how they go about their business as well. And it was, yeah, it was a good week. Well, it
0: definitely sounds like you're throffing on it, mate, which is always something you love to hear from, you know, sort of the juniors coming through when they get that opportunity like you and, you know, to be so excited to be around it. What were some of the takeaways that you did get from the camp, mate? I know it's still probably pretty fresh, but were there one or two sort of key points that you took away and thought, no, I've got to try
2: and find a way to implement this into, into what I'm doing. Definitely. Um, a lot, a lot of the event camp for me, like especially, was just working on my turns. So we did a bit of filming with the people from down um Sassy down at South Australia Institute there, and you know I got a lot of skill work out of that that I need to go and improve on so I can you know drop, you know time, which is what I'm aiming to do at trials and. Yeah, just taking away how everyone goes about their business and kind of taking little parts like chunks from what Alex does, chunks from what Zach does, you know, what Ashton does and, you know, putting it into just little bits from everyone, putting it into myself. So, you know, staying true to myself and not copying someone else. Mm. But yeah, it was just awesome to learn from everyone. Absolutely. It's a pretty scary
0: proposition for swimmers who go against you, mate, by the way, to, to see how fast you go and they go, look, my skills aren't great, to be honest. So to know that you've still got those key areas to improve is a scary uh Scary notion for those guys, but awesome for you. And definitely, you know, I think for sure we're going to see some drops, as you said. Big news coming out this week. You touched on it and brought it up um, from an Aussie perspective with trials and as Aussie champs sort of being moved to uh, mid-May due to stuff around world champs and all that sort of stuff. What's your thoughts on that? Um, And does it affect your prep in any way?
2: Yeah. Well, look, we've been constantly adapting and, you know, changing to different stimulations and different changes of events since this late 29th start of
1: 2020
2: Mm. and by now i'm pretty sure i can speak for myself but pretty sure all the other swimmers are pretty good at listening to new information that's just come out re like resetting what's what's the next goal how are we going to get there when's the next time we race and we just put in the work and the k's at training And yeah, it's, you know, it's tough with worlds is on, worlds is off, worlds is on, worlds is later, a lot of stuff, but you just got to stay grounded, I think. And a big part of that is just to stay true to yourself and really listen. For me, I've been listening to Chris and Kyle. They've just been, you know, telling us, we just got to keep it simple. And we've got however many months till nationals now, and we're just going to go back to training Wednesday morning and we're going to We're going to smash it until May and we're just going to see what we can do. We're not putting no limits on it and we're just opening up and see what we can do.
0: Well, mate, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head and if the last two years has taught us anything and certainly having Chris on the podcast recently, um, I got that sort of impression that, you know, everything's adaptable now and there's nothing that's a surprise anymore because we've we've been through a lot and uh, we've learned and adapted and rolled along. I just think logistically, it, it's not going to be easy for certain people, just talking for myself from a coach's perspective with bookings and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to make, but to your point, uh, we've just got to accept it, adapt and, uh, and crack on. And the best people who do that will no doubt get those results come May. Uh, mate, I always like to take the swimmers back to the beginning because I think it gives everyone a, a good indication of where you've come from. I mean, you're still very young, mate, so it's not like we've got to go back that far. But how did swimming start for you? Um, how did you get involved in the sport?
2: Oh, well, you know, living like, you know, five, 10 minutes away from the beach, beach on Gold Coast, it's like, you know, we were at the beach every chance we got. And ever since I was a little kid, like, you know, my family just wanted me to be safe in the water and to learn to swim and learn to swim back then. I'm not sure what it is now, but pretty much just got your baby on the side of the pool and just threw them in the pool and hope <laughs> for the best. And I guess that's how I kind of learned to swim. And I've just mm. been doing it since, you know, because... I think everyone should do a sport or something they have passionate for and swimming. Like, I just loved being in the water. Like I was never like, you know, wow, he's going to be a champion one day until like, I was like a fair bit older, but like from ages, like, you know, when I first started swimming to like 12 years old, I still do love being in the water, but I just love being in the water and just the motion of swimming Didn't have to worry about, you know, any states or anything like that because I wasn't really competitive then. Then I made the move to Bond and I kept the same passion and it just got more intense. I made the move to Bond when I was about 10 or 11 years old. This is my seventh year um, at Bond in August this year, which is crazy. But, you know, I really started to learn from my coach at the time, Xander. He's still at Bond. He um, coaches the younger ones. And it was just awesome. Four years training with him, it really taught. Me. Like it was a out. It's an outlet for me because mm. I've always been competitive. Like I played footy when I was younger, played soccer, you name it. I did a lot of sports, and I was always really competitive and wanted to win. But you can imagine a beanstalk kid that was a bit taller than everyone else with dainty <laughs> arms, skinny arms, playing on the footy field. I'd get tackled, and I would be like, "Okay, I've gotta take a time out now." <laughs> so I was I've always been competitive but I've never actually been good at you know bowl sports and that and I've just been suing and I'm like okay I'm getting better at suing grew a bit more got better at suing you know I just kept training more got better at it until I was about you know 12 13 14 and I had a breakout meet at states when I was 14 and I won a few gold medals and got age champ and I did some pretty like respectable times and I thought to myself like I might actually have like a career out of this. I, I really would want to have a career out of this, but, you know, wanting to have a career out of it and actually having a career out of it, two different things. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it was, I really, I've always wanted to like, you know, make the Olympics and all that, but, you know, I got to like, a, oh, wow, I can actually go for an Australian team pretty soon around 14, 15. And then COVID happened 2020 had a big mate, meet- at states at the end of the year in 2019 and then the start of 2020 age nationals, which would have been my first age nationals at 14 got, you know, canceled and I broke my arm at school playing basketball. Uh, like so fra- you said to yourself, give away those ball sports. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, it just came back and <laughs> I regret it. Trust me. But yeah, I learned a lot of lessons after breaking my arm because, you know, I went into lockdown. You know, I got pretty at uh, a pretty low place. You know, I was 14. I was just about 5'11. I was a hunt like, uh, no, not, hun- um, it was about like 67 kilos. And when I came out of quarantine, I was still like 14. I didn't grow at all, but I got 20 kilos heavier. Like in three or four months, I put on a lot of weight and it was not muscle. It was definitely not, you know, I just got to a pretty low place and I just felt sorry for myself and it was just in a bit of a hole which I could have definitely pulled myself out of, but I didn't have the maturity to actually have the self-awareness to realize, you know, something's going on here. I need to take care of my health more than anything. Mm. And I just wasn't, you know, really paying attention. I just wanted, you know, instant satisfaction, like, you know, eat as much food as I can, you know, be happy, but it wasn't true happiness, you know? Yeah. Anyway, came out of quarantine, you know, had the worst acne like ever, really chunky, you know, could not play ball sports if I wanted to or couldn't play it well. But then eventually when I got a little bit fitter and lost a couple kilos, I went back to school, played basketball again, fell over again, the exact same thing and broke my arm in the exact same place and i was like you know what that maybe balls maybe this is my sign yeah and yeah i pretty much gave up basketball after then (laughs) and so yeah that break it wasn't as bad as the first one but it was just because the first one didn't properly heal before that's you know why it was re-broke i guess
1: yeah
2: so i came out of that and you know i lost a lot of weight, I, you know, got clear skin. I got my health back on track, physical, like, you know, all aspects of health, like physically I was really unfit, but mentally I was so like not at where I should have been. Mm-hmm. So I got that back on track and I set myself some goals because I'm all about goal setting. I'm, you know, if you have no purpose or like, if you don't have a purpose and goals, you have no direction. And you're just going to be floating around. So I set myself Absolutely. a goal. It was really ambitious. And I looked at my times from states in 2019 and I looked at, you know, the old 10 top time rankings, 2020 states. And I was like, you know, I was more of a distance swimmer then. I was doing like four, eight, like two, four, eight. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do more sprints now because I had that discussion with Kyle. And then, you know, I set myself a goal. I want to break Kyle's, Kyle Chalmers' Australian record. For 15 year old boys, 100 free, which at the time was 49.68. Mm-hmm. And I had about 20 weeks from when my arm fully healed till states. And in that 20 week block, I put my body and mind through like the most insane workload I think I've ever put myself through. And I freaking loved it. Like I would, I would do that again. Well, I'm doing that again, you know. Yeah. I'm very keen to get into this work block leading yeah. internationals to give context mate to the listeners who just
0: heard that 49.6 is what was the goal what were yeah. you going from to get
2: to that goal states the previous year before i went 52.52 so fifty two fifty two. so it was a pretty big drop it's a and big it, chunk yeah it was really ambitious but you know i did all my Ks in the pool, didn't like, you know, miss any laps. I did all my recovery stuff. I was had the cleanest diet. I was so on point and I had such a clear state of mind. I I was just tunnel vision. Mm. And then when I hit the wall after that race, like I saw my, like I didn't even see my time and I already knew that I got that record.
1: Mm.
2: And then I saw the time and I actually knew I got the record. But yeah, that was a huge moment for me, and that was like, like, kind of telling myself, like, I can do anything, like I put my mind to. And it's not like you can just, you know, manifest it out to the universe and say, like, oh, I want to win an Olympic gold medal and just hope it happens. Like, you you have to put in the work, and you have to. It's an everyday thing. Two times a day, you got to show up to training, and you know, kick yourself in the butt to make sure you're accountable. For that goal you want to achieve. Yeah. You can't just can't just blurt it out and expect no. it to happen.
0: Absolutely, man. I it's sort of similar. I always say to my swimmers, we can you could have an architect draw the greatest house, the most beautiful, gorgeous house you've ever seen, 10 bedrooms, whatever, tennis corporal. But unless then you do the work to build that, it's cool. it's just it's just a great house on a piece of paper, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and you gotta get the resources, you gotta have the the support team, you gotta have the role models, you gotta have you know discipline yourself you got to have you know my mom that drives me to training every day you know yeah. like your family's so important your support team is so important and just you know keeping yourself accountable and having a growth mindset and the right attitude is really it's, it's 90% mental you know swimming you know it's pretty hard the physical aspect but you, you, mental it's where it's at if yeah, you can, 100% yeah.
0: Yeah. Mate, heroes and idols, we've mentioned Kyle, I mentioned Kyle. You mentioned he was a goal of yours that you wanted to get that that junior uh, time. He's obviously someone you've looked up to. Who else have you looked up to through your career so far? I mean, you've, you know, you're still so young, mate, so it sounds odd saying those sort of questions to you, but who are you looking at now and who have you looked at coming up?
2: Well, I think ever since I remember, I've just been watching, you know, Ian Thorpe on the TV and seeing some of the stuff he has done. And, oh, it's just, I can't even explain, like, how, like, you know, obsessed I am with, like, his technique and his work ethic and just the, you know, the stories about him that you hear through, like, the grapevine and just, like, the achievements he's got. And, like, he was, he's such a, like, big, like, role model for me, even though I've never met him before. Mm. I'd Obviously love to meet him. It'd <laughs> be very intimidating, but um, yeah, it's just like Ian Thorpe, number one. And then I've got like Kobe Bryant, not a swimmer, but basketball, mm-hmm. like you, you don't even have to say anything about that. Like if you, if you say Kobe to anyone that actually knows Kobe, they'll instantly think like work ethic, like crazy, yeah, crazy stories, crazy results, and just an absolute animal when it comes time to train and get on the court just the mumper mentality is like something I've always tried to adopt ever since like you know really like absorbing myself in his like you know content and motivational videos and all that sort of stuff. Mm.
0: I'm curious and I don't have any of these questions written down I'm just going off that sort of the answers you're giving me take me back to that sort of those you know the COVID days where you were sort of going through a period where you weren't you know, happy with yourself. Therefore, you know, you're similar to how some days I'm living where I'm just throwing my face into, you know, a packet of chips and stuff like that. And I think you're a hundred percent right in terms of your mental health, then always, uh, you know, it goes on to your physical bio. health as well. Yeah. It's usually very, very closely connected. You know, I'm, I'm interested in talking about sort of Kobe there and the content. What, what were you looking at coming out of that? What were some of the triggers that you started looking at yeah. to start to turn that positive corner?
1: Well,
2: I. I was laying in bed all day. Right. I'd wake up, you know, around nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, go to bed at like two or three o'clock in the morning. And it was just such a consumer lifestyle. I can't believe I like actually like put myself through that, but you know, it had taught me some crazy lessons. And because I was just watching YouTube on the TV all day and just absorbing myself in whatever content I had, if I was watching, you know, sad stuff on YouTube or dark movies or something, that's like the reflection I would have in my behavior. Mm. I'd be like, stuff this, you know, like we're never getting out of quarantine and like I'm just going to quit swimming and all that sort of stuff, you know. And then, you know, I stumbled on to because I've always loved basketball. I stumbled on to watching basketball highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, it, One thing led to another basketball highlights, Kobe highlights, like and then just Kobe, like motivational stuff. And, like, I just become, like, infatuated with watching that stuff. I was literally 24-7, I was just absorbing myself in this, like, mentality that him and, you know, Thorpe and Mike Tyson, Caleb Dressel, you know, Kyle Chalmers, they all have. And I just became obsessed and I'm like, I want this, you know. I've always been competitive, but I want to have the mental edge over all my other competitors And then I just got to a point where I was so obsessed with it. It just came out and I started working out again Mm -hmm. and I got fit. And then, you know, the rest is, the rest is it. Yeah. It's interesting. It was around that time too, that The Last Dance came out on Netflix too. Did you get to catch any of that? Yeah, definitely. And seeing how, you know, Michael Jordan was like Kobe's big brother and how Kobe always wanted to be like Mike and all that stuff. And it was really cool when they got to, you know, play against each other. It was an awesome rivalry. I just, yeah, yeah, I've watched the last dance like Mm. five times over.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I heard a story about Michael Jordan the other day um, that he was doing this sort of press stuff around 12 o'clock or whatever, and it finished, uh, and then somebody had sort of come in and said, oh, you know, training, training starts at three. And he's like, yeah. all right, guys, I've got to go. Training starts at three. See you later. And they're like, but Mike, it's it's 12. Where are you going? <laughs> he's like, well, I've got to get there before everyone else. And they're like, but you're Michael Jordan. Why have you got to get there before everyone else? And he's like, because I'm Michael Jordan is why I get there before everybody else. So um, it's, it's funny that mindset, isn't it? Mm. Um, mate, listen, we, we've, I've, there's been a few, and certainly in the last few years, you've been, I, w- I don't want to say fortunate, it's probably not the right word because you've worked bloody hard for it, but you've, you've certainly ticked a few boxes over the last couple of years in terms of, uh, you know, beating records and getting some highlights. I mentioned there Kyle Chalmers, Thorpe, we've mentioned it as well. So I want you to let me know from your own sort of experience, what are some of the moments that have stood out for you over the last couple of years in the pool results wise? I mean, I think we saw you flexing last year on the gold coast after a, a very slick 49 five, but I mean, you know, for yourself, is there any sort of standouts?
2: Well, yeah, there's been a couple meet, like couple meets and, you know, races that everyone would expect, you know, if I've broken Australian age record or Queensland record or something like that. But I think, You know, one of the biggest, like, races that I am the most proud of is probably the Open 100 free at States last year. And there's a funny story behind it. And there's a reason why I'm so proud of it. And it's not because i won the Opens. Like, that's an awesome achievement. Really happy with that. But, you know, that wasn't the main reason why I was so happy with it. And it's because the day one of States, or day two, I think it was, um, I had the age group hundred free, whatever day it was, day one or two, I had the, I had one day I had age hundred free and the day after that I had open hundred free and that age hundred free, you know, I'd set myself a goal. I didn't get that goal. I was really disappointed and fed up because I feel like, you know, the work I put in, I should have, I deserve the goal I wanted to get. hmm and, you know, I didn't, you know, I only took, I took 0.1 off my PB, which, you know, it's a PB, you got to be happy with that. But I know, and I still know I'm capable of much faster swimming. And, you know, it was like a really hard slump, like the next 24 hours was just uh, like, I don't really want to swim the rest of this week. And it was a roller coaster. You know, I had the heat swim of the eight hundred 100 free. I went 49.8 and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like an awesome race. Like the final tonight, I'm going to go the time I've always wanted to go. And then, you know, no, I didn't, mm-hmm. and it was really disappointing. And the hardest thing was, is that I had the hundred free open the day after, which is what I was targeting the most. And I was just thinking to myself, there's no way, like I had a goal, like I wanted to win that race. And I was just thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to win this race. If I just went like that time, then if I even do that again, there's no way I'll win that race. And how I swam it, there's no way I'll win that race. Anyway, and so I went to bed, really pissed off, you know, um, woke up in a, you know, grumpy mood, you know, was saying to mom, like, you know, just go away. Like, let me just eat breakfast and, you know, feel sorry for myself, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And after that, like, I had the heat swim. I went 50.4 or 50.5 maybe. I'm not 100% sure. It was in the 50s and it was a 50-point mid. It was a respectable swim. And I, like, qualified into lane seven for the final. And I'm like, no, nah, there's no way I'm winning. Like, I'm in lane seven. There's no chance. And I was like, oh, this this just sucks. Like this is going to ruin my entire week. It's day two. I'm already in a bad mood. And so I spoke to Kyle, spoke to Chris, spoke to Kyle again, spoke to Chris again. I spoke to Kyle again. It was a constant, constant day of texting and just trying to bring me out of this mood. And, you know, I've always had the philosophy of, if you have a bad race, allow yourself to like feel sad and sorry for yourself for five minutes, but then you go pick yourself back up again. Like, because you got a job to do and you got to race mm-hmm. and you got to be, you know, a leader for your team, which I consider myself like a leader for Bond and, you know, a role model in the sport, which is, you know, you're a role model regardless if you want to be or not. And it's important that your actions, you know, your actions, you know, have effect, have a ripple effect on the rest of the community. Anyway, so I really had to dig up a lot of willpower and a lot of mental strength just to get myself out of that little hole. And I, um, you know, I got, you know, boosted up again. I had some motivation that hit me and, you know, I'd, I won the race. I swam like the best race of my life may have not been the best time. It was another like 0.02 second PB. But, you know, I even split that race. I went out 24, six, I turned 10th and then came home in a 24, seven, which was really big for me, ended up winning the race. And that was like a really special moment to me, not just because, you know, those Olympians in that race, I think it was three or four guys that went to Tokyo in that race, but it was just really special to me because I'd overcome such a like big setback Mm and that's why i've kind of gone off the quote that i've got in my instagram bio like the comeback is greater than the setback and you know that's kind of a quote i've been living by ever since and yeah that was like that was the race if i think you know what defines my career so far i'd say that race right there was like number one for me
0: yeah very nice man i do love that quote absolutely i think um You know, it's really important, especially for youngsters coming through that have a massive week at a state or an age champs. And, you know, if you're someone who's got a big program and your first couple of races don't quite go to plan, as you said, you know, that doesn't mean the rest of the week's going to be... Uh, along the same lines but it can be if you allow it to be and you allow it to rent space in your mind so i love that mate absolutely and i think the you know the youngsters listening will will take a lot out of that um along the same vein mate, i did want to ask this question i was in my research i was doing um i found a a little bit of a uh, interview you did with swim swam and i I think it might have been after gold coast last year um you know you Mm -hmm. didn't go to trials and, uh, and they reached out. I think they were interested in like, well, this kid's smashing it. Why is he not going to trials? What's he doing? And, um, yeah. and you you know, yeah. you sort of have been quoted on there as saying, you know, the love for swimming just has been absent recently. I'm feeling a bit burnt out because, you know, I'm trying to win now. So the, it's not so much yeah. the process, it's an outcome. Um, I've added that part. You didn't say that part. <laughs> um, I am trying to, you know, now to develop into a swimmer that can be an elite international swimmer you know, for the next 10, 15 years. Now, I bring this up because, as I said, a lot of youngsters are listening. I love that bit absolutely in, in terms of the 10 to 15 years because now you're thinking long-term. What, what are you going through in this period uh, and what sort of plans and processes did you put in place to establish that sort of solid foundation seemingly now that you have um, so that you can continue loving the sport for, for a long time to come?
2: Yeah, well, really I had to identify – why i felt burnt out like what do i do about it and what do i like need to do to make sure you know it doesn't happen on the same level it did again and you know how am i going to protect my 10 to 15 year longevity you know so i worked with a lot of different well not a lot but like i worked with my support team so i've got my psych i've got you know kyle parents your close friends girlfriend you know like everyone that's really close to me and those guys really helped me out because I learned so much from them so i really identified why i got in that hole in the first place and it was pretty simple it's because i like for the listeners and you like if you recall me talking about before you know that lead into states that 10 20 20 week block i was just going you know ham in training and it was just swimming I was thinking about. And I talk, I, I'll I say, I'll preach about this, about how toxic it can be. It's, it's not sustainable. you got to have balance. I don't care what anyone says. You have to have balance in swimming. And I was literally living the lifestyle of wake up at 4 a.m., think about swimming, get to the pool at 5 a.m., swim for two hours, get out of the pool, go to school for six, seven, eight hours a day, think about swimming all day long watch swimming watch caleb or watch kyle race watch Thorpe race yeah. you name it i was thinking about swimming and i'd drive to the pool at three o'clock get to the pool at four, like you know get in the pool at four o'clock swim for another two hours get out at six drive home half an hour think about swimming talk about swimming and then you know have dinner talk about swimming think about swimming and then i go to bed dream about swimming then imagine doing that like for me when i had zero motivation and then i got uh, had a goal beating kyle's record and how like motivated i was it was like i can do this forever mm. and then when you know the high of states came down and you're like okay I gotta snap back to reality you know i got to put in the work again and you got to lift yourself up and that lead into nationals you know i really gotten so tunnel visioned that it wasn't about having fun anymore. It was more about being the best I can be, which I'm Mm -hmm. still all about being the best you can be. But being, I was like being a robot. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'd punish myself, not like physically or anything, but emotionally I'd tell myself like, if you have like a bowl of ice cream or like a lollipop from the shops or something, something so stupid like that, I'd punish myself and say, you're hot or you're a bad athlete. Like, you don't deserve anything you've got. And it is such an easy trap to fall into. Mm. Like, some swimmers don't understand and how, like, dangerous it can be because, you know, I swam through age nationals. I, you know, broke my Australian record. And I got the fastest, you know, 15-year-old time, like, for a boy in the 100 free ever in the world. And I touched the wall. I knew I did that, and I felt nothing. And I was like, you know what, if I just did one of, like, like the best accomplishment I've ever achieved. And I didn't even feel like I was just numb. It was like, Oh, you know, like you can watch that video and you can see my reaction. You know, I may have like done like, you know, a little fist or something. And then it was just like, you know, I was so like, just, Oh, I was like, what is the point of this? If I get to racing, which is supposed to be the fun stuff.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Like I put myself through hell for 10 weeks before a major meet. And then I don't feel any enjoyment. Like, The week I get to race, like stuff this. Anyway, have a little break after trial, um, after age, and then I get back in the pool, you know, getting ready to train for trials. And I was just like, I think like I'd actually talk and like I spoke to Kyle, I spoke to my parents, spoke to my close friends, and I was like, you know, telling them I'm like I'm about to stop swimming. Like I was seriously like, okay, like this is me done. Like goodbye I don't care what anyone thinks but you know I had a little bit of time off and then I was like okay well I'm you know not doing much I've I've got nothing else to do so I kind of went back and then I like worked like a happy balance you know I hang out with my friends my like girlfriend you know I had the balance I'd watch basketball I wouldn't play basketball (laughs) but you know and I just went back into the pool and I fell in love with like the the motion of swimming and being in the water
1: yeah. like
2: I did when I was younger. And sometimes like a lot of people just forget like how like grateful we are to like for me to train on the Gold Coast in like, you know, the warm sun and train, be happy, healthy, fit, you know, have a great coach, have a great, you know, crew of squad mates and just like just everyday stuff. Like, people forget how like lucky we are. And then like, just, just, I fell in love with, you know, just the actual swimming and training and the lifestyle. And instead of just thinking about, Oh, me, 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 what results am I going to get? It's like, I thought about myself. Like I thought about like what uh, I align myself with. I was thinking like, you know, instead of me, 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 results, 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 I was thinking, What about everyone else? What about creating an impact rather than just getting results? And so that's where, you know, I started to swim selfish, selfish, selfless. Yeah. Selfless swim selfless. And I was just swimming, you know, I wanted to be a really good leader. Mm. You know, I just wanted to see what I could do. I didn't want to put any restraints on myself. I didn't set any goal times. You know, I haven't really set any goal time since then and I have found it has been so healthy for me like that. Like I still get you know nervous before a big race or something, which, you know, you should do shows mm-hmm. that you actually care about it, but like, I've never felt like, you know, I've worked a day in my life since then. And that is what's going to keep me in the sport for, you know, another 15 years. Yeah. Mate,
0: absolutely. Well, listen, what I love about that, two things. One is you're absolutely right, balance in anything. And that's not just in, in swimming and elite sport, it's in life, um, even coaches. And you talk to Chris, you talk to Kyle, you talk to anyone and try to find a balance between, you know, being successful in anything that we're choosing to to really be involved in our passions, but also, you know, looking after family. I've got a daughter, I've got a wife, all that sort of stuff, making sure you, you know, you you're there for those moments as well. So that's absolutely hitting the nail on the head. But uh, one thing that's impressing me so far and certainly about what you just mentioned there is just having that self-awareness. I think that's probably a key for a lot of people. Everyone's going to go down those dark paths at some stage, aren't they? And and whether they tell you or not, they all do at some stage, but it's just having that awareness to go, hang on a second. I feel like I'm going down here. Stop. Let's go back, turn around, and we're going to go this way uh now so you know for you at a young age having that i think shows a lot of maturity mate now how hard has it been i've got to ask this question because this Obviously, you've got many, many years to go. So it's going to sound like a silly question to some people, especially when we come back and look at it in like six, seven years' time. But this is sort of the peak in terms of your teens, and and this is where you're starting to really lift. And if you look back at Kyle and um, some of the great swimmers that have come through the junior international ranks, they've all gone to junior worlds and all that sort of stuff. And this is probably your opportunity to do that. COVID's thrown a monkey wrench in all of that. How frustrating has it been for you? Um, you know, during this period to not be able to, you know, go out and match it with with the world's best. I mean, technically we can do it. This is what time you swam, that's what they swam, but it's not the exact same as getting in a pool and say Budapest or something and going head-to-head, is it?
2: Yeah, well, when you don't match the best in the world come race day. You match them twice a day at training, you know, like whether they're there or they're not there whether you're training by yourself or with a bunch of like, you know, average swimmers, you know, like you got to compete against yourself and you got to push yourself to a level where you're sad, like where you're happy, but you're never satisfied. You got to always be hungry to chase, you know, to chase the best, even if you're number one in the world by 20 seconds, you know, even if you're Katie Ledecky in the 1500, I can guarantee you, she would be at training. She's always like, all right, like you know i like the analogy of like lions lions sleep i think like 16 hours a day or something like that and when they're up the you know they're up and they're chasing animals they they're beasts they're the top yeah. of the food chain apex and just because they're at the top of the food chain doesn't mean they can stop you know they can walk to chase their prey you know that they're, they're still out there they're grinding they're chasing their prey like You get to the top like Ledecki and Dressel and all those guys. And just because you're there doesn't mean you can stop working hard. Mm. You got to work hard regardless if you're 30th in the world or number one in the world. And that's like, that's what motivates me to like really, you know, okay. So for say back a couple of weeks ago, Worlds was off, Com Games was still on. I'm like, okay, Worlds is off. People are going out and partying now and doing stuff they shouldn't really be doing. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm going to make the gains on them. I'm going to go from 30th to 29th just day by day, you know, and ch- like I'm just chasing, chasing, and they're staying stagnant and they're not grinding when they're at the top. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep like every day. It's an everyday process and you just have to keep it simple to, you know, actually get up there to number one in the world
0: yeah well it takes us back to that uh michael jordan thing doesn't it why are you going to practice three hours early
2: yeah with michael jordan you well because of...
0: i'm michael jordan is why i'm going three <laughs> hours early while they're all like still sitting at home playing video games i've already started training that's why i'm michael jordan so exactly. mate, absolutely um obviously uh you know following tokyo um australian coaching superstar and friend of the show uh chris mooney joined your, your team there at bond as head yeah. coach, but mate, someone who's been a big influence on your swimming career uh, and a great coach in his own right and a great guy. I've had a bit of time with Kyle myself when I was up in Queensland. Uh, is Kyle Samuelson? How important has he been to your, you know, transition over the last few years? You mentioned there that you know, you know, you reach out to him quite a bit when yeah. you're sort of going through stuff, and you know, so he's obviously a mentor in that way, um, both physically and mentally. How has he helped you know you through this period?
2: Oh, I I can't even. If Ki- Kyle, if you're listening right now, like I he knows like how important like he is to me and you know to everyone else at Bond. He's the glue that help like holds us together. Is the glue that holds holds me together sometimes. But um, like he is everything I would ever ask for in a coach. Like you know, some coach like some swimmers they'll be like, oh, if my coach was a bit more like you know, talkative or like you know blah 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 whatever like like i would if you could you know put kyle in a workshop and change him anyway like i would not want to change him at all you know Mm. like he's literally everything i'd ever ask for in a coach and he's like you know he's a really big influence in my life he's a father figure to me and you know i would definitely like i bet a million dollars on it i would not have the results i have today if kyle wasn't in my corner you know what i mean
0: is he just do you say probably in terms of the influence he has a calming influence or you know what sort of ways does he influence you obviously i've only been on pool deck with him a few times in different camp situations all that sort of stuff um a guy that knows his craft 100 percent, but also very sort of relaxed about it i'm sure at times when he needs to switch on he really he the intensity does come up for you you know what sort of qualities does he have that resonate so well with you
2: Well, number one, he's like calm like all the time. Like you can see, some coaches when their swimmers win or they get gold or something, they go crazy. (laughs) Kyle, he would just be like, like people, he would shake people's hands and be like, "Thank you." And then Kyle would come over, whisper in my ear, "That was good job, but we've got the rest of the week to go. Mm. So don't, don't get too ahead of yourself." And if I'm, if I'm at one extreme, if I'm really like, you know, really low, a bit like sad, or if I'm really happy and like not like so like, you know, getting up myself or something like that, Kai will be just just where he, like he needs to be on the other end of the spectrum just to like pull me back in or pull me up sometimes. And that's like something I admire the most about him because he can do that in any setting. Like you put him you if you put him in the olympic games and i was getting anxious about you know me he would come over whisper in my ear quietly he'd be just like you know you've got this you've done the work but if i'm getting like too confident with myself he'd be like come on rein it in you got a job to do like he's yeah he's really important in every aspect of swimming you know mate that's absolutely brilliant and it's it's
0: So much of what we hear from from great coaches, and I've had a lot of them on the podcast, is that you know the best ones know their athletes and they know know, how to how to be and how to work around them. It's not so much them being selfish and you know how they feel. It's all about the swimmer and then adapting to that. So, mate, it sounds like I've thought for a long time anyway that Cole's well on his way. I know he's always in those camps and that sort of stuff. So I think it's only a matter of time within the next 10 years where we find him, you know, being a head coach of a program and getting on those teams, uh, not yeah. as a, an assistant coach, but certainly being uh, right up there. Um, mate Mooney, we talked about him. He's a friend of mine. He's come in there as well. He's doing a great job. We know the success he had in Tokyo with, with Kaylee. Um, yeah. What have you learned so far from Chris Mooney?
2: So much like his if I could describe him in one word, I'd say passionate, like really passionate mm-hmm. and he's really like I I find like I'm you know if if you could cross Kyle and Chris like that would be like me in the middle, you know what I mean like Chris he's really competitive yep and he he wants his swimmers to win not in a toxic way, but he wants the best for us yeah he'll he'll know when to push us and when to like you know kind of give us that reassurance it's similar to kyle but like when he gets fired up like it it gets me fired up and if i'm having you know like a like at training and we've got a suited set and i'm not doing all that well he'll come over he'll he'll lean over and tell me something that will get me fired up and i'll I'll, like you know stand up (laughs) like a meerkat or something like that and I'll get moving. Like he knows, he knows how to push your buttons in a good way. Well,
0: That's he awesome. was definitely uh, impressed by you when he turned up. Obviously, I don't know if you heard the podcast, but we we did mention you a bit on there and. He definitely uh, has high hopes for you and definitely sees a lot. Not so much in terms of racing. Obviously, that's for everybody to see those times, but he gets to see you in training and that different mentality. And um, no doubt, mate, he, you and him working together as well with Kyle uh, is going to be no doubt positive in the future. Uh, we're Talking about racing, so much we talk about here with the kids listening is about race plans. So much time, sometimes with, when things go right or wrong, it's a race plan coming through. It's not so much, oh, I tried harder today. Everyone tries hard. Very rarely does someone get out going, oh, I didn't really try on that one. Everyone's always trying hard. It's just whether they execute that race plan. You know, you're known for your incredible back-end speed, mate. I mean, I'm pretty sure you even split when you went forty 0 didn't you? Didn't you go 24-24? and 24? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So talk to me about your race plan. What is your race plan going into it? Have you got one? Is it very strict and stringent? Are you more of a go with the flow type of guy and it just happens to the go that way? What's your 100-meter plan?
2: 100-meter without revealing too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It pretty much. It's pretty much a generic answer. Like You're going to have 100-meter, you go to an Olympic final and you're going to have guys that go out 22 low, 22 mid and then come home 25. like not that fast. You know what I mean? Or you're going to have the guys that, you know, like me go even split. And there's so much you can worry about in a hundred meter and trying to look who's, who's doing what in lane seven and lane three and two. And if you're in lane four or five, you're trying to look everywhere and you can get so caught up and it is just so like pointless trying to like base your race off everyone else. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm, I've just got my blinders on when it comes to racing. Like the first 75 meters, I've got my blinders on, you know, everyone else is just doing whatever. I've got my easy speed going, you know, distance per stroke. I've got, you know, I'm pushing hard. I'm Don't go out easy, but yeah, like, it's not like I'm out max. I'm like, you know, a couple of fours, couple of twos, stay nice and relaxed, you know, push it, work in the turn. Come up off the turn, try and, you know, that's the skills I've been working on from the event camp, trying to really get that good angle and, you know, good foot placement on the wall. Come up and just nail the breakout and then just get some oxygen in, you know, a couple of twos, couple of fours, then last 25. It's like, boom, who do I need to chase down now? And it is like, I'm going to put myself through hell. And I know I can do that this last 25 because I do that, you know, every day at training. Like, like I said before, you can't expect to go to race day and get better come race day. You get better every day at training. We're trying to get better every day and every week at Bond, you know. We don't expect to show up day one of trials and think, oh, I'm gonna get really good at swimming now. Like, no, you're gonna learn heaps, you're gonna get a lot of experience, but you're not just gonna get better all of a sudden. Mm. So, yeah, like you practice. you you prepare if you're laurie lawrence told me this quote at event camp last year when i came in for a couple of days he said um he said if you fail to prepare you're preparing to fail and that quote's just stuck with me like literally since then so it's like okay gotta gotta stick to your race plan doesn't matter if this guy goes out 22 mid and i'm only like a 23 mid on the way out I know I can come home against these guys, but I'm swimming my own race and seeing what I can do.
0: Yeah, mate, absolutely. I love that easy speed. And as you said, you know, to clarify, it's not slow. It's not easy. It's still fast. But for the youngsters coming through, that's that balance, isn't it, to find you know, sometimes they go out too easy. And to your point, it does become too slow, but, you know, they're not still quite aware of that because they're learning. I do find some of the very best swimmers have a good feel for that sort of stuff, though, and they can feel when they're going slow and when they're going fast. I think some of the swimmers who are just below that sort of greatness don't have the same feel or sense that maybe some of you sort of top-line swimmers have, but absolutely that easy speed, um, mate, is is very very important training wise we mentioned training a bit we don't get too much into it what are some of your favorite sessions through the week though are you some guy that just you know constant speed do you not you know do you enjoy like a 200 set get really stuck into the red zone type work or are you someone who loves recovery i've had a couple of cheeky answers before and say i love recovery day that's a great day (laughs)
2: well you know if you're training the same thing every day just sprints or just recovery mm. or just kick sets or just pull sets or just middle distance, you're going to stay stagnant because you're doing the same stuff every day. And that's ancient, you know, coaching, like no disrespect to any coaches out there, but like, you know, the program at bond, like it's 10 out of 10. We have so much versatility, so many options to do. IM, am backstroke, fly breast, free distance, sprint, you name it. Like, you have to incorporate you know every aspect of swimming because you want you don't want to just be 10 out of 10 on pull and 0 out of 10 on kick mm. you'd rather come up to like a 5 out of 10 and like a 6 out of 10 you know what i mean and yeah you just want to get every aspect up All and- right, listen
0: that's a great answer but what's your favorite session through the week come uh, okay. on what do you like there's got to be one that you throw off over a little bit more than others that you like actually oh, i do get i get okay. up
2: I'm sure I'm, I'm actually going to let you guess this one.
0: Well, I feel like, because you sat, well, well, look, the easy answer would be speed, a speed session, wouldn't it? But I feel like because you're throwing it back to me, it's going to be more of a oh, look I, I think you'd be great in a 200 set to be honest, yeah, but
1: yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. 200,
2: 200 pace sets where we can really kind of go aerobic and mm-hmm. just use our aerobic energy system. are like my favorite sets, even though they hurt the most, they're my favorite because I hate that more than anything when you dive in and you have to rush to get up and sprint and all that. Like I kind of like take my time and build into, you know, my stuff and that kind of shows out in races. But um, at the same time, front end speed is really important. But, you know, when it comes to 50s at back end speed or hundred push back end speed for you, 200, like I, you know, just, I love going, you know, beast mode in those sessions and they're the sessions that i look forward to in the week they're my favorite sessions yeah
0: absolutely look at you cheeky bastard throwing questions back to me how dare you i asked the questions right now i loved it it was good had me on my toes um <laughs> mate what about Jim? because that's an interesting one for yeah. youngsters coming through especially um especially the boys more so let's get into that mindset for starters i've had a few boys coming through that you know looking at teenagers on instagram in the gym with abs and stuff going oh why don't i look like this i want to get in the gym i want to bench i want to train more for me personally i don't think you know you guys need to get in and do that heavy of weights at a young age i think that's for for further down the track and to your point to give that next level you know if you're doing it already at 14 and 15 You know where are we going from there what are you doing in the gym obviously you'd be in there doing something it might not be bench and and heavy weights but it might be you know body weight stuff might be something let me know what's your favorite
2: well literally i've only just started doing gym at the start of this year which may come as a surprise but i have been limited doing gym because i've had like a stress fracture in my back and that's like, I, you know, some days I can't swim and there's no way I'm going to be able to do gym if I can't swim. But now like the stress fractures at a point where it's kind of like, you know, it's already fractured or whatever and there's no point resting. And I don't feel any pain anymore. And I've, you know, strengthened my core, glutes, you know, loosened up the hip flexors and hemis and all that. And now I can really get stuck into the gym and get strong. And as you can imagine, that's a huge part of male sprinting. Mm. strength <laughs> and like i uh, just it's good sign for me because i've got so much like room to grow and time to drop you know with gym getting stronger like naturally growing you know front end speed and overall like skill time just to come down and it's good you know But yeah like gym i love doing gym but i've only really started you know doing solid training since the start of this year mm.
0: Well look I think it's perfect if you know and for anyone listening to this podcast if you go back to the one I did um, with Michael Phelps' coach one of the greats Bob Bowman uh, he talks about Phelps not being really doing too much weights till he was like 18 19 Sure, he was doing stuff in the gym, but it, it wasn't um it certainly wasn't to the level of of stuff I I do see going around these days. So I think it's it's a good thing, mate, and it gives you a lot more longevity. And to your point, you know, you want to be here for another 10 to 15 years in the sport. So you don't need to be matching those guys now in the gym. You want to be You know far exceeding them in the future um you know we talked about before you mentioned it you know you don't race the people around the world in one race in one thing it's it's every day when you're training every day when you're in the water there's names going around, I mentioned at the top, youngsters out there around the world. Chlorine Daddy himself, I always love that Instagram handle. Anyone cocky enough to have Chlorine Daddy is their Instagram handle is, is someone going places. David Popovici, Matthew Sates, another one from South Africa who is a, a great youngster who's been on the podcast and very humble and understated himself, but certainly kicking goals. We saw him smashing it at, at uh, Short Course World Champs. Um, do you keep an eye out for that sort of stuff? I know you're a competitive guy, but you're also keeping a track of yourself now, as you said, and catching yourself and not getting too far ahead. You want to sort of stay stuck to the process. Do you keep an eye on them? Do you keep an eye on that sort of stuff? Or do you sort of block out the noise and just do the work?
2: Honestly, a bit of, bit of both. Like, you can't, like, at the end, like, you can't just be so obsessed with everyone's time and thinking, like, breaking down, like, you know, David, he went a 47-3. In his splits, he was like, oh, he was out this fast and back this fast and his stroke rate was that. It's yeah. like good to know that information. You can compare it against yourself. But if you're really comparing it against yourself, like it can be toxic if that makes sense. Mm. Did say the same thing twice. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I kind of like, I was really fed into that when he went that, you know, really fast time. And you know, is like a friend of mine, and he's a nice bloke and all that, but you know, he's a, like competitor, and I'm a competitor as well. And when it comes to us racing against each other, it's going to be really good. But you know, like I said before, you don't get better race day, and you don't get better just by manifesting it and putting it out in the universe or whatever. Like you got it, you got to tell yourself, okay, you know, you might might be like, I want to beat him, or you know, I want to go this time, or. I just want to get better every day and i only compare myself i I only compare myself to my like myself yesterday you know like what what did i do yesterday that i can do better today and that's the that's the brick by brick to build you know the the mansion that the architect you know like drew up you know Mm. you can't you can't just get there without actually getting the resources and doing the work to build that house you know
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Selfishly, from a a swimming fan's perspective, I cannot wait for like the next, say, 10 years of swimming with you guys coming through. We already know the likes of Kyle and, and people like Dressel will still be there in yeah. the next you know so they're not finished now by any means but certainly so there's going to be a crossover period where you guys are coming up they're still hanging on and then they slowly drop off and then you guys come through so I think um from a fan's perspective swimming is uh, is in great shape for for many years yeah. to come especially in that sprint zone for sure mate due to your unbelievable success in the pool over the last year or two years you were awarded a grant from uh the Queensland Games Foundation so congrats on that Talk to me about what does that mean? How did that come about? Um, and what what's going on with
2: that? Yeah, well, I kind of heard it through a friend, from a friend, from a friend, I think. And you know, it was just it's an honour to you know we've won that grant alongside five other athletes in all of Queensland in different sports. I think there were actually another swimmer and a para swimmer, so swimming is pretty dominant at the moment, which is no surprise. But um. Yeah, it's an honor to, you know, have that support from the Games Foundation. And once, you know, you got the grant, you have, you have to do two community service actions. So for me, I think I'm going to do something at school, like do a little learn, because we've got a bunch of young swimmers coming through at Lindisfarne now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, shout out to Lindisfarne. They're really, they're really good. They helped me a lot with schoolwork. And being in grade 12 this year, they're, they're definitely helping out a lot already anyway but yeah i'm gonna do a couple like talks out of the junior school or something like that and clean up australia day and yeah two community service actions that show like the values of the commonwealth games and the com games like communities so yeah it's an honor to win that
0: yeah very nice mate congrats with that and you've led me beautifully into my next question which was about school we've, we've talked about balance um and and no doubt if, if you're in year 12 that's a massive year um what's the balance like for you with school is that something you've struggled with have you always had a good balance with it um have you had to put you know certain structures in place to make sure as well Yeah, obviously swimming is a high priority we know that but obviously school is there as well and that's a priority
2: as well we can't downplay it um how do you go with that balance well it's really hard some days when you you know, train in the morning, then you have to go to math and sit down and do two hours of algebra. And then you get a 15 minute break and then you have to learn about Shakespeare for the rest of the day. That's that's not my idea of fun. No, not (laughs) mine either. (laughs) But, you know, being in year 12 now, you know, you got a job to do. And the thing that kind of motivates me through that is just that end goal, which isn't swimming. I've got you know, goals outside of swimming, I want to become, you know, a practicing psychologist one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to go through uni to get, you know, your masters, bachelors or whatnot. And yeah, that's, that's a goal of mine. So whenever I, I just need to get that ATAR and I can just, you know, happily be on my way to being a psych through uni one day. So that, yeah, that's just school for me. It's hard. It's definitely, it's not, it's It's not like it's either easy or hard. There's days where it's like hard, there's weeks where it's like really hard. There's days where it's like, oh, this is easy. But it's just doing what I can when I can with the schedule. And to all the youngsters out there, I would highly recommend making a schedule. You know, you've got school, what class is Monday? When are you going to study? For me, like, I couldn't study when I come home because I need my eight hours sleep. I'm not going to come home at 7 o'clock, have dinner in 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And it's like, oh, I need to study for two hours now. It's like, no. For me, what I did is I sacrificed, you know, my free time at school and I'd go into the library at lunch and recess. And I'd do my assignments and I'd do my study for tests. And that's, yeah, that's some of the stuff you have to, you know, sacrifice, I guess, to become like the best balanced athlete and student you can be. I guess. No, mate, it's a good advice.
0: It's, and it's smart. Um, I used to sacrifice actually doing the work in class. I used to do the assessments and everything in class before I had to give it in, which is not smart. I'm not putting that out there for the kids to do what Flynn said was much better than what I used to do. But to your point, like when I got home after training, like that was it. I was like, I don't want to do any more yeah, studying. Exactly. And I'm so just burn out from, from everything that's going on today, sitting down and trying to get through this is not, even if I did it, it's not going to like sit in my brain and, and, sink in oh, one you know, in
2: one like it exactly. goes in one ear yeah. out the other goes in yeah. one eye out the other yeah 100
0: percent so mate that's perfect advice people listen to flynn don't listen to me i certainly did not be uh was not very successful in my year 12 year now i want to finish with uh the mad program which is something that i think is brilliant mate um i've got a lot of sort of 14 to 17 year old swimmers in my program, so i no, they would love to learn from the best, um, and obviously, you know, with yourself and what you're going through. And I think it's probably good because why I think it will resonate more with the youngsters out there is because you are a young swimmer. You're doing it. You're here now. You're in it. You've been through some periods of time that weren't easy. It's not been smooth sailing. It's not as if, like, oh, see, Flynn, he's never been through anything in his life. <laughs> it's easy. You've been through, you know, the ups and the downs. Not that the guys that are up there now, 26, 27, haven't been. But I think it's a little bit more, um, as I said, um, attainable to the youngsters. Yeah, because you're there. You are their age. I've got a boy who's exactly your age now. And, you know, so listening to you would be would be perfect. How did that come about? Talk to me about that program because obviously, you know, you know a lot more about it than
2: I do. Well, if you ask like anyone close to me, like what is a quality you think about when you think of me, they would probably say passionate and curious and like, I've always been curious, like with everything and always, you know, after that trials experience and how before trials I was thinking, me, 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 what results am I going to have? Like, you know, I got a bit big for my head and all that and it kind of just blew up, you know, but um, after that, I kind of thought about what do I have to give, you know, because, you know if you compare two swimmers and you compare their legacy, if you get one guy that wins an Olympic gold medal and a guy that wins an Olympic bronze or something, but he has been like, you know, a leader and he's continued the sport and is like passed on knowledge, you know, throughout his years of experience to the next generation. Like you'd say that's more of a legacy than just some guy that won Olympic gold, gold up on the lane rope and, you know, smashed the water or something, you know? Mm. But that's, yeah, I I like the analogy of, you know, you go to a bathroom on the plane and you see the sink that's got a little sticker on it saying, please leave the like place in a better condition than what you found it in. Yeah. And ever since I heard that analogy, I've kind of always like, you know, how can I leave Bond swimming in a better place than what I found it in? How can I leave this competition in a better place than what I found it in? And so through that kind of, you know, ideal like you know ideals and values i've kind of just created you know a little mentoring program it's nothing like you know full-time work or anything like that like i'm really passionate about it and it's just literally just you know one-on-one facetime calls you know for an hour kind of like this but you know i get asked questions i just give my experiences and stories Mm -hmm. and you know just be a helping hand Mm -hmm. that you know i think is really important to have in the sport
0: yeah, mate, I didn't know where we we're going with that story when you took us into the plane uh, toilets, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad we came out with uh, an analogy of <laughs> leave it in a better place than you found it. I mean, that could have been put anywhere. Why did you put it in the plane toilet?
2: Well, it's just where I heard.
0: It. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! But it's look, I you know, more credit to you. I think it's a, a great. Um, you know, show of your maturity as well at a young age that you are thinking that way because there's a lot of kids your age just thinking about, you know, how how early can they get home to watch something on YouTube or you know just being on their phone as you said till three a.m. chatting up girls or talking to their mates about God knows what. None of it's helping anything for the next day. It's just going to make them more tired uh, and more you know less likely to be successful in whatever they're supposed to do tomorrow. So I think those lessons are, are awesome for youngsters to learn. And I think, as I said, it's a show of your maturity that you. You're already sort of thinking that way, uh, mate. I like to finish, as you know. You've listened to the podcast. I like to list, uh, finish with some less serious questions, so just rapid fire. What do you get up to at home? Okay. That sort of stuff. So, what sort of music do you are you into?
1: You
2: you name the music genre, I listen to all music. Like we we can talk about rap, we can talk about old stuff, we can talk about rock. Like you name it, I listen to it. Is it all
0: due to, say, is it around sort of your mood at the day? Like, do you have a different sort of playlist before a meet, before a big meet? Like, even does the meet make a difference between the playlist? Like, before finals at at nationals, is the playlist a a level up from what it might be just in general?
2: Yeah, well, definitely. Like, I'm not going to explain too much because it's pretty private stuff. I think, like, what music I listen to. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've told actually anyone what music I actually listen to but anyway um like you know if i'm cooking in the kitchen or something like that i'll just be i'll be listening to like you know rave music or something like that just cooking scrambled eggs
1: yeah
2: or you know if i'm going to bed at night i'll like listen to calming music and i'm just listening to music like 24/7 i think i got like 102000 minutes listened last year on spotify and rap or something wow. and yeah i'm just always listening and a lot more serious stuff Time to like you know race and train hard yeah. sessions or yeah
0: big- it's always interesting yeah. music because i find like if you listen to a lot of people like when people get pulled over a lot for speeding if you actually took a like a screenshot of what they were listening to quite often it's like you know metal or like yeah. or, or music that elevates their arousal yeah. levels so they're right up and they're hyped which is good before a race but sometimes it's bad before a race so it all depends on what sort of an athlete you are so Um, you know, to your point, I think it's it's you know, it can be varied as you said. What movies are you watching, mate? What what are your favorite sort of do you have go to movies? Do you like just watching new stuff or
2: yeah, well, I love movies. Like they're a great way to take your mind off swimming when it needs to be taken off, you know. Mm. So the other day I watched this movie called Prisoners. Okay. Have you seen that? No, what's that on? It's got uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Julian Hall and it's like, you know, a detective and this father loses his daughter and it is like a thriller. It goes for like three hours. I was just on the edge of my seat pulling out my hair the entire time. And then like, I did not shut up about it for like about half a week. I was just telling everyone, have you seen Prisoners? You need to watch. This movie. And, is on know, it on Netflix? Where
0: can I watch it? Cause I'll watch it now that you've hyped it up yeah. so much.
2: Yeah and it is like holy moly like you got to like you got to commit to it cuz it's a big movie but i recommend getting a bowl of popcorn or maybe okay. a couple of bowls of popcorn and watching it
0: all right i'm going to put it on tonight i'm going to let you know how it goes got nothing else to do tonight i'm, I'm wide open we got nachos cooking soon i'm gonna go have nachos and then so i'm gonna chuck that on so yeah speaking of nachos what's your favorite meals oh, <laughs> mate look oh, at that how good am i eyes. i've seamlessly gone into that
2: that wasn't even planned what, what are your favorite meals <laughs> um you it's like music like you give me any genre give give me any style of food i'll eat it <laughs> I love for breakfast, I'll, you know, eggs, bacon, porridge, like stuff that has a lot of calories and energy in it. And then lunch, like anything, dinner, anything. But my favorite is, you know, when my mum cooks like a roast pork belly for like four hours during the day while I'm at school or something. And I come home, I can just smell the roast like veggies and all that. And that just, if I'm like a zero out of 10 on the mood scale, I smell that stuff. It goes like a ten out of ten, and I'm like, "Thank God, I'm home." Yeah,
0: mate, exactly. Um, the same way as we talked about music can change your sort of your levels. If you come home and you smell something good, you're like, "Oh yeah, I might have been tired before, but uh, I might uh, run Ow. to the <laughs> kitchen and yeah, yeah, no, I'm ready."
2: I'm sure can relate to that.
0: Yeah, well, and you're all athletes, so, you know, every, everyone's hungry and you, you're burning those calories, so you're always constantly hungry. It's like a bottomless pit. Um, Mate, I want to finish with your favourite quotes. You seem like a, a youngster who likes his quotes. Have you got one or two or three that sort of, you mentioned ones that you sort of live
2: by. Have you got a few others? Well, I kind of, after trials, I kind of resonated with the quote like, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, mm-hmm. you know, like the city of Rome and the Colosseums and all that. And it's like the, like Egyptian pyramids, they weren't built in a day. It's mm. like, you can't build your career in a day. Mm. It's got to take a while, but I love like, you know, one that I kind of just came up with. And it's just, just simple. Just love your process because like, you know, if you love your process like enough, no matter what results happen, like you'll always still come back to that process. And yeah, I kind of <laughs> love that one.
0: Yeah. And you'll enjoy it more, won't you? Because if you're not
2: enjoying the process. Yeah. And if you're just chasing results, it, it is not sustainable and it's no, not healthy.
0: No, because the outcome is going to vary, isn't it? The outcome not always a given that it's going to be, You know successful so if you're not enjoying the process to get to the outcome more often than not you're not going to enjoy any of it because the pro the the outcomes are not always great so i love that mate that is perfect for everyone listening write that down love your process finished with this one as we always do um when we redo this interview in three years time and I'll get you back on, because we talk, for anyone who doesn't know, we do chat um, backwards and forwards randomly outside of the podcast. So I'm going to stay in touch with you. I know we're going to be having another chat down the down the line. When we do get you back on, what accomplishments will I be saying about you at the intro?
2: Tell me to prepare for this one before. I did,
0: I did give you a heads up. <laughs> hmm,
2: well, I've got goals, like, you know, bare minimum I want to be an Olympian and I want to be like you know if right now if you ask yourself who's the best swimmer in Australia you'll say like Emma, Kaylee, Ariana, Kyle you know like in three years time I want to be like you know I want to be up there regardless of results or anything like just and yeah just in three years time you want to ask me and I'll be like you know I have got so much experience from com games, worlds, worlds, junior worlds, whatever, Olympics, and yeah, like I'm ready to go and I want yeah, I want to put it out there. Like I want to have an Olympic gold medal after Paris. like that that I think uh, that's achievable for me mm. and that's something I'm chasing. But yeah. like I've said before, brick by brick, you know, it doesn't happen in a day.
0: That's it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the, the key to that question is every time I talk to people, that, that answer will change because inevitably you've experienced and you've been through and, um, you know, I, I think I took – I took uh, Kaylee back to that question when we came on After Tokyo, and she put it out there that in before Tokyo that she wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist. So that was a nice experience to go back and say, hey, this is what you said, <laughs> you know, a year and a half ago, and, and look what you've achieved. And I think um, the key, as you said, is that there's so much longevity in, in your career to go. So in saying that I want to be at Olympics, you know, you're not saying it's it's Paris, and if I'm not there, I've I haven't achieved. It's just your next ten to fifteen years. So these are just goals that you want to tick off, which I think is is brilliant, mate, and the key to to your success moving forward um i think it's a perfect time to wrap it up there it's funny we talked about having like a a quick 30 or 40 minute chat like how much can we get in like you know everyone's busy so and i think we've ended up talking for like way over an hour so uh it's a testament to a good conversation so i love it and thanks for coming on for a chat mate as i said you've been busy you've had you know swim camps you've also got school going on it's a hsc projects outside of it so i know spending time with me Um, you know you're donating your time which i absolutely love thank you very much and i know a lot of people would have got a lot out of this conversation especially the youngsters listening so thank you mate for coming on off the block swimming podcast
2: thank you i'll catch you around later